Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And welcome back to Meeting of the Minds. Today I'm here with the great Scott Doerr, high school nemesis. <laughs> always a great, always a great friend. This man is a sales legend. He's a wrestling legend, former Duke University wrestler, and just one of my favorite people. Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, uh, uh, one-time enemy, long-time friend. So that's right. Happy to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to take it from the top. We'll go from how wrestling, your long wrestling career, from youth wrestling at the famous South Plainfield High School, New Jersey, a long-standing legacy over there. You're a part of that. Your brother's a part of that. Then you went on through obviously high school, multiple-time state place winner multiple time different tournament champ and then going on to college wrestling duke university how wrestling has shaped you then how duke's shaped you and then now into your sales career so let's take it from the top let's go with wrestling Whew, five years old uh my my dad brought me to wrestling practice and said if you didn't like it here you don't have to continue doing it i came home from practice said dad i don't like it and that started my 17 year wrestling career so. <laughs> That's a, that's a true story. So, um, so I, you know, I, I'm very grateful that my parents obviously pushed me at, you know, through adversity and, what, and whatnot from a very, very young age. And if we want to even call wrestling, wrestling at the age of five, it's glorified daycare down there, right? Uh, I think they just wanted us to get the energy out. But, um, you know, starting at that age, one of the best things that happened, honestly, Gene, was, was meeting some of the people that I'm still friends with to this day, and maybe we're not as close as we were when we were growing up around the block. Um, but some of my childhood friends, I'm still, you know, I can still pick up the phone and call them today, and we'll pick up as if we just played a game of stickball out in the driveway. So, um, so it's really, really great um, getting involved in a youth sport like that at such a young age and sticking with it all the way through because it builds a sense of camaraderie and friendship all the way through. Um, yeah, I mean, look, South Plainfield is, um, 
you know, it's notorious within the state of New Jersey. I can tell you down here in the state of North Carolina, not a lot of people know what South Plainfield uh, wrestling is all about, but I, uh, I'm not, I do not hesitate to tell them. So, uh, you know, try to get them on board and how we do things. But, um, but it's really great, you know, being a part of such a strong uh, traditional culture growing up. Um, you know, basically the blueprint was already laid out for you for how to be successful. And that is to come in, work hard, uh, focus. And if you do all those things, you'll turn out okay. They're not guaranteeing any sort of championships, um, but they do guarantee that you will, you know, acquire skill sets that you'll carry with you throughout your entire life. And that's absolutely been the case. Um, and I mean, that's even going back to recreation, you know, back when you and I first met way back when, right? Uh, we may not have uh, towed the line together at that time just because of different weight classes, but I mean, you know the drill. I mean, growing up in New Jersey, wrestling is, that that's life. So, um, you know, fast forward into high school, um, the same team, the 14 weight class lineup, those same 14 guys were the same 14 guys that I was scrapping with when I was five, six, seven years old, you know? Um, and I can read off the list of the guys, but I'd, I'm be sure to leave some off. So I'd, I, I'm going to refrain from doing so. But um, some guys that I just absolutely love to this day, and they come in all different shapes and sizes. And that's the best part, right? Um, this sport knows no metrics that bounds anybody within. Um, it, it doesn't restrict anybody from wrestling. You know, you can be tall, you can be short, you can be fat, you can be skinny, you can be strong, you can be lean. Um, you can be smart, you can be less than smart, um, and you can still compete in this thing depending on where your focus is, where your drive is and whatnot, and that's, that's honestly one reason why I love it. Um, I mean, you look at my brother and you look at myself and you see two very polarizing physiques. I mean, my brother was wrestling at Bucknell and he's training to go to the United States Military Academy. I'm not, you know? I mean, my brother to this day at the age of 40 can rip off 25 pull-ups. He's probably gonna call me and say, and should be said 30, you know, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's just really funny how wrestling kind of shapes you and, and carries you through your entire life. Um, but South Plainfield High School was, was unique because, you know, I'm down here in North Carolina. I'm an assistant coach voluntarily uh, at Cardinal Gibbons High School uh, down here, which when I started with the team, we had one win. Last year, we were in the 4A state finals and should have been 4A state champs. We fell short of that goal, and I'm sure it's gonna be a lesson that we're gonna learn going into this year if this season does indeed happen. Um, but you know, what's, what's interesting is down here, we have a massive JV program. Um, South Plainfield High School, I don't know if you remember, Gene, you come over to our room, there's 14 weight classes, there's 20 guys on the team. You know, there isn't really a strong JV lineup because the practices were three hours long. We had a, a 30 second while you're jogging, grab a half a Dixie cup of water intermission in the middle. And doing that for four years, I remember an old teammate of mine, Eddie Demarest, is one of my favorite people I grew up wrestling with. Um, he ended up going into the army. Um, and I remember him coming back and saying that, you know, Bill Pavlak, our head coach back then, Bill Pavlak made it so that the army was easy. You know, went through four years at South Plainfield practices, made the Army easy. That tells you everything you need to know, you know. Um, and we had always been this just grinding, just 
grueling team where it would be difficult to beat us in the third period because we're, our gas tank is enormous. Um, one thing that we absolutely lacked was uh, just pure technique. And it really, you know, we had Steve Giordano, your head coach in, in high school. Um, you know, we had Kevin McCann, who was my assistant coach in high school. Those guys were kind of the pioneers of the state champs, individual state champs at South Plainfield. It really wasn't until, you know, so to speak, like my brother Tommy's era, where they came in and, and they said, okay, well, we want to put South Plainfield on the map. You know, we want to take a couple of guys and start going to these extra clubs, whether it be Ernie Monaco at Edge, Wally Muhammad at Beak, um, and just start going through these, these programs and really get our technique down and really commit to this thing. And, um, you know, Tommy's whole crew came up and they, they reached bounds that we never even knew existed. They won the first sectional title. You didn't know what a sectional title was, you know. Um, then, uh, you know, my crew came up and I, I was blessed to be under a team that had leadership that, um, again, I'm reflecting on them now. I'm absolutely impressed that the guys on my team that took the youth on this team, and like you can look to that roster, and you'll see about 10 Division I wrestlers. On that one South Plainfield team, which is a small division, what, Group 2 school in the middle of nowhere, New Jersey, you know, it's amazing. Um, but, you know, the leadership on the team from the seniors and the coaches and whatnot to get a state title out of that team is, is miraculous. Um, and I'm proud to say that I'm a part of that team. I'm proud to say that I wrestled on those teams and those guys are my friends. But, I mean, we're talking glory days right now, right? So that, that springboards you into the next phase of your life. And it's, honestly, Gene, this is one thing that I've learned throughout life is that every single stage of your life just springboards you to the next one. And I'm 36. You're 36. I didn't want to tell anybody, but here we are. Maybe we're going to be enemies again by the end of the phone call. I don't know. But we're 36 years old. When we were 26, we knew half of what we knew now. And when we're 46, we're going to know twice as much as what we know now. So I like to think that we know a pretty good amount of what goes on in life. But we never stop learning. We never stop progressing. Um, and, you know, that little bit at South Plainfield High School gave me a good foundation of toughness, of grit, of perseverance. Um, I'd give you Wally Muhammad's five keys to success. But. I'll get a phone call from him about that later too. Um, but you know, you just, it just gives you that foundation of how to be successful. And if you put your mind to something and you dedicate yourself to something, I mean, look at your business, for instance. I mean, you've, you've put your blinders on and you've just focused on exactly what you want to do and how to do it. And gosh, dang, and I'm thinking impressed with everything that you've done. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, but that gets formulated on you when you're a kid and then when you're an adolescent, when you're in high school. So by the time I got to college, you know, I'll be the first to admit, um, you know, Claire Anderson is the reason why I went to Duke University. Um, I fell in love with him when I went down to a summer camp, went on a recruiting trip. I didn't even know Duke was, I didn't know Duke was a good school, bad school. You know, my dad's like, Scott, every school is a good school if you make it a good school. I'm like, cool. Well, Duke's in North Carolina and the weather's nice down there. So um, Claire Anderson was wonderful. I went down there, come to find out the academic integrity at Duke is much higher than other places. And I went from being 
you know, very successful in the classroom at South Plainfield to I'm going to have to scrape <laughs> pretty deep within myself, graduate in four years, to which my mother and father told me, you have four years to get out of college. <laughs> um, and I did. Hallelujah. But, um, but you know, getting into Duke, um, wrestling at Duke was awesome. Again, I met a whole other slew of friends from different parts of the country that had so much in common with myself that, you know, I'm on text threads with them now. And, you know, whether they're from Virginia, whether they're from Pennsylvania, North Carolina, um, you know, they're wonderful people. And so that springboard me into that phase of life. And I went to Duke with the mindset of, I am going to get my degree. I'm going to uh, set myself up for a long career. And I am, you know, should I have focused more on becoming an NCAA champ, becoming an ACC champ? Look, that is one of the biggest regrets I have in my life um, is not focusing more on uh, athletic achievements in college. And, um, you know, you want to talk about developing into today and who you are today. Those are one of the small details that you look back on life and it's like, you know what, I don't get a second chance at that. And if I could talk to kids in college now, I would tell them, take, take the shots that you need to take early on because you may not, get, may not get another shot. You know, I'm not going to be cheesy and equate to wrestling saying, you know, you may only get one single leg attack uh, for the whole match because he may close up on his defense after that, right? So um, I didn't take that shot, um, and I got to live with that. But you know what? It's, it's part of my story. Um, it's part of who has made me into the salesman that I am today because, it, you know, getting back to your original point, heck, if I got a customer and I see that they're emotionally open to receive a message from me and I get scared, I just missed that shot, just like I missed that shot in college, you know? So I try to take and extrapolate all those lessons that I have growing up from wrestling and put it into my business mind um, because there is a lot of correlation between the two. Um, you know, again, talking about customers, talking about your team, heck, um, so I, just to give you a little backstory, and I know I'm, I'm rambling here, so you better stop me a bit. Okay. So I'm rambling here. So I started with St. Jude Medical um, back in June of 2006, fresh out of college. Um, and I didn't know what the heck a pacemaker was. I didn't know anything about heart surgery. Um, but I knew, I consulted a couple of people and they said, hey, Scott, this is a good job. You might want to take it. So I took it. And um, I've been in that job for, this is now my 15th year. And St. Jude Medical has got acquired by Abbott Laboratories. And I'm learning the ins and outs of just these major global corporations. I mean, Abbott is the largest healthcare company in the world. So they say, um, to which I have to believe them because they're my employer. But, um, but, you know, gosh, dang it. Here I am, just some guy from South Plainfield, New Jersey, Again, a map dot that gets to work for Abbott Laboratories in the Raleigh-Durham area, you know, managing um, a tremendous business uh, at world-renowned health institutions. And I, sometimes I sit back and I'm like, how the heck did I even get here, you know? Um, but 
so I started in 2006. I started up in New York. From New York, I moved down to Georgia. From Georgia, I moved to Richmond, Virginia. From Richmond, Virginia, I moved to Durham, North Carolina. And you may say, why are you bouncing around so much? And it's opportunities. Um, it's opportunities. It's also mistakes. So from New York, I was looking for opportunities, bigger opportunities, better opportunities. I went down to Georgia, same thing, bigger and better opportunities. Went to Virginia, fell flat on my face in Virginia. Absolutely flat on my face. Um, I made a huge mistake. I had to pay the price for it. And I said, you know what? I got to get myself back up. And um, my best friend uh, at the time, uh, my college roommate, uh, was a tennis player at college. He's, he was a coach at Duke. Opening came up at Duke for my job at Duke, where my best friend was. So you know what? What better place than go back to where it all began with my college career here and go back to Duke. And um, that was 2012. And uh, licked my wounds and said, you know what? I'm drawing a line to sand right here. And, and this is where the rebuild begins. And built myself back up. And I have not only reachieved the success that I had before, um, I have exceeded that. And I've set myself up for a trajectory that I hope uh, has no ceiling. So, um, you know, talking about all those different places that I've worked, I've interacted with so many different teams and each team, I'd like to say that I could say each team was very good. It wasn't, it wasn't. And I'm not naming names and I'm not telling you which one was good and which one was bad. Um, but I can tell you every single person I've worked with, I've either learned what to do from them or I've learned what not to do from them. And, um, you know, talking about, uh, you know, it kind of equates it to guys that we used to bang heads with in the wrestling room, right? You see some guys slacking off in practice and you're like, all right, I'm not going to be that guy. Or, you know what, maybe I need to work out with that guy because maybe he needs me more than I need him right now. 100% um, of, I'm telling you, there are people I work with today that I need them more than they need me. And there are people I work with today that um, they need me more than I need them, right? So the other way around. And when you have people relying on one another on the same team, um, that's when synergy happens, that's when cohesion happens, and that's when that bond happens, and it, it ends up causing your team to explode. So um, I guess that's a truncated version of, of how I've gotten here. Um, there are definitely lessons within uh, those uh, segments of my life that I've learned. Um, to help me in my career. Um, one of my best, the one of the best things I've heard, and I'm not the biggest that surprises people. So, um, but I'm not the biggest Duke basketball fan, um, in part because, well, when we were wrestling in college, we had Carolina at home and everybody's out in tents in the freezing cold and the snow. And we came out with the megaphone and said, hey, you guys want to come into Cameron Indoor and watch us take on our, our rivals? And uh, we got about five people in from the freezing cold. So I said, you know what, you guys go watch your basketball. So I had a lot of animosity, Gene, I'm telling you. Um, but I've forgiven them. Um, and uh, there's a gentleman uh, by the name of JJ Reddick, you may have heard of him. Um, and we may have had this conversation before already, but um, he talks about, uh, he got called back to do, and, and you can find this on YouTube, but he got called back to do a little bit with the men's and the women's basketball team at Duke. And they talk about, um, you know, what, uh, 
what drives you, you know, you're in your, you know, 10th year in the NBA, what's driving you to be better? What's driving you to be better? And he talks about how the feeling to always uh, feel like you are becoming and never feel like you've arrived. And um, he talks about how if there's anybody on planet earth that should feel like they've arrived, it would be the gold medal winning uh, coach Mike Krzyzewski of the Duke men's basketball team and the United States men's basketball team. Um, but even that guy, he still feels like he's becoming, you know, um, even though he's in his 70s, he feels like he's becoming. And who, and who am I? Scott Doerr, the, the very unpolished 36-year-old from South Plainfield, New Jersey. Here I am. Who am I to think that I've arrived anywhere? You know, I have so much more left to learn, so much more left to give, to develop. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, making jumps in my career, um, not, you know, laterally, but vertically. And quite frankly, Gene, I've got so much work to do where I am that I need to keep becoming who I am now and then make that next jump to become who I am later. Um, and it's just incessant work on um, what am I doing every day? What, what am I thinking about every day? And honestly, that's where you come in, dude, which is why I'm really glad that you took that time to work with our team because from that, we've had separate meetings talking about mindset. Um, it has ignited a fire amongst my team that I can pick up the phone and call them. You don't know this, so I'm going to break some news to you. So I had everybody on the team develop their own predator spirit. So if you, if you had a predator spirit within you that you could identify with, who would you be? And I had them work on this for two weeks and then I had to present it. I learned so much about my team just because of the animals that they chose. And some of them I laughed at and to which I apologize later. But like, look, it's amazing what you learn about somebody. I mean, I got people picking a chameleon. I've got pe people picking a red fox. And I'm like, wow, that is very specific. I had one, uh, a Belgian Malinois, had to Google that one, okay? That's the type of dog for those playing at home. I didn't know that. Um, and, uh, you know, just learning about the mindset of the people on my team and if they literally could put them, turn themselves into an animal as their predator spirit, who would they be? And they're picking off the wall things, you know? Um, but that's all because of you. And that's all that is all attributed to the development of our minds, of our culture, of the team. And I want that synergy. I want that culture. Um, I want that cohesion amongst everybody on the team. Um, and it's, it's constantly a work in progress. So um, that's my ramble for right now. I'm going to sip the coffee while you talk. Absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense, right? There's that rule in life that you're either growing or you're dying. A person, a business, a flower, it has everything to do with are you content with where you're at or are you trying to get better? So it's never being content, always growing. Yeah. Get your feedback now. What would you say are some of the qualities? I know you already hit on a lot of this, but some of the qualities that you would say make a champion, if you were mentoring someone, they're entering into a sales career, they're going into business, what are the qualities you say they need to have? And what are some of the biggest mistakes, maybe mental mistakes that they make that you'd have them avoid? Yeah. Uh, man, again, I'm not going to quote Wally Muhammad's five keys to success here. Um, although I do have it up in my son's bedroom. Um, you know, perseverance is probably the, one of the biggest ones to me. Um, we are going to get hit. And again, I'm, I'm a movie quote guy, so I'm not going to quote the Rocky Balboa stuff. But we get hit with so much junk, not only in our professional worlds, 
in our personal lives, in just daily living. You know, you walk outside, especially nowadays, and you know, pandemic aside, you've got all the the racial tensions, you have the the socioeconomic tensions, you have the presidential tensions, you have just everything is so tense, and we get hit with so much junk in this world um, that we have got to push through. If you want to get done what you need to get done in this world, you got to push through. Um, and you need to push through with compassion. You need to push through with empathy and understand that other people are going through things in this world that you can't even imagine. Um, so when you're, you're trying to achieve your goal, don't step on the person next to you. Go through it with them and say, hey, look, I understand you got this going on. I'm trying to get here. You're trying to get there. Let's both get where we want to go. Um, but do not let anyone hold you back of what you need to get done. And it's very easy. And I am so guilty of this, of, of just sacrificing my own betterment for other people. And while that's, you know, okay to say, I guess, and, you know, it's really not, because um, being that selfless ends up putting you at the back of the list. And what do we always say? Somebody's laying on their deathbed. They don't sit there and say, well, uh, you know, I'm really glad I didn't take that shot against Gene Zanetti in the county finals, you know, which we all know how that would have turned out. But I didn't, uh, have, great, I didn't have great defense. Maybe you should have taken it. Uh, <laughs> you got to keep your best defense is just having yeah. a good offense, which is partially true. But if you can't defend your legs, that's not good either. That's anyway. Right. anyway. So, but, so that's the positive. I think persistence is one of the biggest things that you need to be a champion and uh, not just life, but sales. Um, but on the back end of that is the biggest, I guess, negative thing that you need to have, if it does have a negative connotation, is forgiveness. You need to not only forgive those around you for their transgressions, you need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive yourself for the mistakes, like I'm talking about my own, talking about, you know, not taking my collegiate career as seriously as I possibly could have, you know? And I could sit back and list the the excuses but guess what it does no good um i need to forgive myself for you to say you know what i screwed that up um here's how i'm gonna get better and here's how i'm not gonna miss that opportunity again and over this is my like i said it's my 15th year in this gig i have made so many mistakes with doctors with nurses with patients um fortunately none of them fatal um but I can tell you I've made mistakes that have cost me business. Now, I've done things that have won me business. And fortunately, I think that there are more wins than losses. Otherwise, I wouldn't have this job for 15 years. But I can tell you, I've absolutely made mistakes that have cost me business. And I've worked with some very senior people that would be like, Scott, you knucklehead. Why'd you do that? I told you not to do that. Well, Gina, I'll text you my mom's phone number afterwards. She'll tell you I haven't listened to her for 36 years. You know? So... I need to learn through experience and I need to learn through, uh, you know, just the mistakes that I make. But, I, and I tell some of the young guys on my team now this, look, you're gonna mess up. You have to forgive yourself of those mistakes because I forgive you, but that does no good if you don't forgive yourself. Because you can sit there and lament and lament and lament and it wears on you. You get more critical of yourself, your customers see it and they'll say, that guy's a pretty negative person. I don't really want to be around them. I don't want to give them my business. Um, so those are my two big hot topics.
Excellent. The big, yeah. the big mental mistakes, you would say. Yeah. Some of those things that you would say that um, coming up, just common mistakes that people tend to make. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about like with, with clients and customers or? Yeah, yeah like maybe yeah, so. when, as, in terms of maybe fear of rejection, focusing maybe too much on the outcome. So that's, that's it. Um, and, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, there was a, a physician um, at one of my accounts right now that, you know, five years ago, um, my company at the time, uh, St. Jude, before it got acquired, uh, had some quality issues. And, you know, for the first, gosh, 10 years of my career, eight years of my career, my company was the absolute pioneer in innovation. It was the hot thing on the block. Everybody wanted a piece of it. It was like, what awesome is coming out from St. Jude? We were blowing away the, the stalwarts of the industry and really taking market share because we had the coolest stuff coming out. Then, you know, uh, 2015 hit and 2015, 2016. And um, yeah, we had some quality issues come up and I'm, I'm not gonna get into the reasons. But what I learned is the nature of myself when I'm interacting with these customers that it's easy to interact with a doctor when everything's going great. Your true colors come out when everything is not going great. And you have to deal with issues. And not just one issue, say, hey, doc, you know, we messed up here. Let me make this right. That's an easy conversation to have, right? Um, but when that conversation happens and you can say, all right, this won't happen again. Then the next week happens, same thing happens. Then the next week happens, and the same thing happens. Then the next week happens, and the same thing happens. And you keep having these negative conversations. And it's like, you know, you get to the feeling like, I really just don't want to burden this customer with the same negative conversation because I already know he doesn't like me. But I don't even, I know he doesn't like my product. And listen to what I just said. What's the first thing I said? I know he doesn't like me. That has nothing to do with me. <laughs> But that's the mistake I made, right? Is I take that stuff personally. I take it like, hey, you're choosing somebody else other than me. When the reality is he's choosing a product that isn't having quality issues over a product that does have quality issues at the time. And I couldn't get that out of my head. So, you know, I, would, I presented myself to this customer. I said, hey, what am I doing wrong uh, in this situation to cause you to feel like you need to go with a different company. And that is an absolutely uh, devastating impact on um, the relationship that I've had with that customer ever since then. And um, look, I'm, I'm, I have forgiven myself for that situation. I've learned so much from that situation. Um, and I like to think that there's water under the bridge, but sometimes you don't come back from things like that. And again, talking about forgiveness and, per and perseverance here, you have to kind of have in baseball is like a closer's mentality, right? Sales closer's mentality means something than baseball closer's mentality. In this case, I'm talking about baseball closer's mentality where you have to forget yesterday's blown save. Because if you don't, you, I mean, you're gonna be out of a job um, and, and you're not gonna have the livelihood that you need for your family. Um, and unfortunately, that's a mistake that I made that I was able to correct with different customers. Um, and I still am optimistic that I'm able to correct that relationship. It may take a couple more years. Um, and just constantly doing the right thing to show them that, hey, I'm a person of integrity. 
my company has addressed their issues. Whenever you are ready to partner with my company again, um, and that you can feel like you can trust me and my company, give me a call and I'll be here and I'll dedicate everything I have to you. Um, and look, I'm still waiting for that conversation, uh, hopeful for that conversation. And when that opportunity comes, I'm taking that shot. So. Awesome. awesome. Great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. So do you, what do we have coming up with, with, with Abbott as far as you and the, everything going, um, you know, what do you got, what are you guys doing? What do you have going on over there? Well, there's some four, things that, quarter four coming up. So third fourth quarter. Three, quarter three, yeah. Three, right? yeah. Uh, I can tell you, my boss must've called you, uh, to, to put the heat on me. So, um, look, fourth quarter is coming up. Um, it's obviously one of the biggest quarters out of year. Um, just because, you know, the books get stuffed for the year and uh, you try to put a bookend and a ribbon on a, uh, either successful or less than successful uh, 2020. Uh, 2020 is a weird year. Um, you know, every company that you talk to, Gene, honestly, is, is going to give you something different because it has, the pandemic has impacted um, every company differently. differently. Um, fortunately for Abbott, I happen to work for a company that is, you know, on the front line of diagnostic testing. So Abbott as a whole has been doing very well, uh, sustained largely in part due to the diagnostic division, um, which I'm very proud to say that. I mean, I'm recording it and sending it to my family members when I see it come up on the news. Um, but you know, for me, myself, uh, and the rest of the cardiac rhythm management division of Abbott, um, we've got some, you know, I talked to you a little bit about, um, the quality issues that we had back in 2016. And it has been a long time since we've been able to push out new devices. We went through a, an acquisition in 2017. Whenever you go through an acquisition, um, you know, there's a lot of information that gets shared between, you know, the company that's being acquired and the company that's doing the acquiring. Um, and Abbott had their chance to look at St. Jude and say, hey, these may be things that we like from them. These may be things that we didn't like from them. This is the portfolio that we've got coming. These are the tweaks that we want to make to all that stuff that's coming. And here we are in 2020, a year that everybody on my team has been looking forward to because we've had some, maybe you get some sneak peeks as to what might be coming on the horizon. And this is a year that we've been looking forward to for a very long time. And then the pandemic hit. And it's like, wow, talk about kick us when we're down, you know? Um, but we are pushing out some new product. Um, we've been doing a lot of rigorous training on this, this new defibrillator that's coming out. That's going to be really awesome. I'm very excited about getting into the hands of my customers, but, um, you know, again, we talk about 2016, we talk about 2017, we talk about 2018, we talk about 2019, just years of, uh, patchwork and managing issues that we've had to deal with on the fly. Um, you know, and myself, my team around the world, we're a customer facing entity. We were going, we're going up to these customers saying, Hey, same face, still here, still want to work with you. Um, you trusted us then you trust us through the issues, trust us now when we come out with the new stuff. Um, and I will say Abbott is notorious for, um, Abbott is notorious for quality. You know, I've met with some of the internal folk from Abbott. Their quality division is, there's nobody better in the world. 
absolutely nobody, nobody, and certainly nobody better in the industry. Um, and that is so relieving for me. I got a wife and three kids at home, Gene. I don't need to lose any more sleep than I have already lost in this life. Um, so I can tell you if there were those issues going on, I'd cut my four hours of sleep down to two at best. So, and I don't need that, okay? Um, so you wanna ask, you know, what's going on in the fourth quarter? We've got some new stuff coming out. We're doing a lot of training on it. Um, try to put a, a bow on this year and let's say, hey, 2021, hopefully is a little bit better from a global standpoint, but um, it has caused a lot of camaraderie amongst the team, a lot of trust amongst the team. We've redesigned how we interact. Um, I'm currently sitting in an office right now that um, I started renting uh, this month uh, because I wanted a place for uh, my team to come and have a little powwow because when you're a field sales rep, there is no office other than the hospital, right? Um, and we can't meet in the hospitals anymore. Uh, you know, we used to be able to go and, you know, have a meeting over coffee down in the cafeteria. We can't do that, you know, with the, the coronavirus. So I needed a place where I could, I could do that. So I'm constantly trying to turn the wheels, see if I can figure out a way to, to redesign how we do things. Um, and this is one of the things that's been a hit so far. So I'm locked in for a year for at least two. So here we are. I hope it works. Absolutely. It will, it will work. And again, so much great, so much great information. That's like, I hope anyone who's watching is taking a note, taking a notepad, writing it down. Cause there were so many great things you dropped there. The great Scott door champion in wrestling school, business sales and life. Thanks for joining us. Scott's great stuff. Thank you, Gene. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.